One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This week's podcast, we discuss the fallout from the season. 85% of it's been quite dull. The other 15%, far from it. Welcome all to Wise Men Say, the home of the Salu Sunderland podcast and also an affiliation with Rotary Report. I'm Stephen Goldsmith, and I'm joined as always by Gary Gareth Barker. Gary, <laughs> Gareth, joined as always by somebody who. I can't yeah, exactly. That's because we've got Gary here. That's Gary Foster from the yeah. Shields Gazette. Are you okay, Gary? I'm great, thanks. That's good. We've also got Michael and Frankie from Frankie and the Heartstrings with us, and you's all right, lads. Yes, yeah. champion. Hi. Right. Well, there's nobody going to be nobody on the phone this week. We were dabbling with the idea of getting a the Swindon Town fan back on with regarding the De Canio stuff, but. I think we're just gonna um we're just gonna have a form our own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um first of all, I mean, lads, Frankie and Michael, were you afforded the luxury of missing most of this season? Because I know you're obviously off tour and stuff, but you've been recording an album, haven't you? So does that mean you've been here? Yeah, we saw a lot of games yeah, this season. Unfortunately. Um, I don't think we missed that many, did we, yeah. Mike? Just the Villa game, which yes. Yeah. I missed the Villa game as well. I missed the, a missable yeah. one anyway, yeah. so yeah, yeah it wasn't too bad. Definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do today, we're going to, you know, just as I said, discuss the fallouts of the season. So we're going to talk about Martin O'Neill's time in here, and then to and then just you know generalise the season if we can, and regarding new players and what we think. And we're just going to we're just going to go with the floor, really improvise, see what happens. But <laughs> um, at the start of this season, Gareth, I've never been. I was never excited. As this for a long time, you know, mm. this, the signings O'Neill made. Forget about the the end of season slump we had last year, but it's been a massive anti-climax, isn't it? I mean, how excited were you at the start of it, going back to the start? Um, very. Uh, I was excited. I think I was more excited, obviously, start before pre-season started. Um, and the, the prospect with I think it was short interview that he did where he said uh, he was going to we're going to sign quality players. We're going to, you know, we're not going to buy squad players. All this kind of thing, and then it dragged on. Obviously, we didn't bring players in till the second week of the season. But I think there was some alarm bells there that sort of maybe I had my head in the sand about. There was a few pre-season games we went to. I went to Derby the pre-season, and it was it wasn't great. And obviously, Hartlepool went there, and we got beaten off Hartlepool. And Steve Howard scored, and he hardly played a game. I think for, I don't think he actually hardly scored a goal for Hartlepool mm-hmm. this season. So it's not as if Hartlepool went on a good season. Name, they got relegated. <laughs> yeah. So that you know, it, I think you kind of go. It was just pre-season. It's just pre-season. Then mm-hmm. it's, then it's it's going to take time, and then it's going to take time for the signings to bed in, and then it just we had that. Fortunately, we had that spell in yeah. at Christmas. Gary, from a, a journalist perspective, you know, were, were you expecting big things this season? You know, initially going back to the summer, the amount of money that O'Neill spent, were you kind of Forgetting about the little slump he had as well, the notorious slumps what Sunderland have at the end of every season. But Martin O'Neill was awarded a little bit more time, wasn't he? He was. I think that was because he was the fans' choice when he originally came, and and everybody knew his affiliation to the club and his love for the club. 
and I think that won over the fans and that sort of gave him a bit more time than maybe other people would have got but you know looking back in hindsight it's a wonderful thing but like yourselves when they made the signings in the summer you thought Fletcher was a great signing thought Johnson was going to be a revelation mm-hmm. you know it didn't turn out that way I mean I still think Fletcher apart from the injuries being which he can't help has been mm-hmm. a great buy but Johnson just hasn't done it enough mm-hmm. he's He's been, his goals have been like gold. Ultimately, Fletcher's haven't they? But was was there a signing for you, uh, Michael Frankie, who, who stood out in particular? That Adam Johnson one got everybody excited, didn't it? Surely. Uh, yeah, I remember that evening when the signing was announced and just being really excited. Yeah. And what I think was unfortunate is the Reading game at the start of the season being yeah. cancelled. Those that extra three points, which were could have took and eventually mm. did get off them, would have kept us. Mid table, mm-hmm. top half for the mm-hmm. first. Kind of seemed to spoil the momentum a little bit, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we're yeah. kind of sort of down in the bottom six for most of the time. And a lot of those punts that we picked up were actually good away draws mm. and good home draws yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, away at Arsenal and Stoke, yeah. which not many teams got points from those mm-hmm. those sides yeah. at the start. And it was really exciting, and I think that's the the biggest shame of this season. You know mm. that, you know. Sort of Johnson yeah. didn't come off. Yeah. Now, to be honest, I disagree about Fletcher. I think take away the first six or so ten games, maybe so I don't think he's done a lot, you mm. know, in terms of yeah. goal scoring. Gary, what were your what are your thoughts um on this theory that Martin O'Neill didn't spend a lot of time at the training ground? Did were you aware of that? Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were aware of him having a, a few days uh, off here and there, and it was the same under Keane, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy wasn't at the training ground all the time. I think it was that um, some managers prefer to do it where the coaches get involved and, and they sort of take a back seat and mm-hmm. take time away from the ground. And we all know about the sort of Martin situation with his wife not being very well, so that could have played a part as well. Mm-hmm. So, But we were aware that he wasn't there all the I mean, time. That, that's an interesting thing because people often you know, compare Roy Keane to Paolo De Canio and say, oh, they're, they're similar in a, way, in a similar sort of way, same, you know, they the demand a certain levels of professionalism from the players and 100% and they're both fiery characters, but that's the major difference, isn't it? Where De Canio's never away from the training ground, Roy Keane wasn't there, so when you look at it from that, it's quite different, isn't it? It is, I mean... It- De Canio is very hands-on, and I'm I'm not trying to say that De Canio doesn't trust the guys around him because he, that he's got around him because he obviously does. They're his guys, but I think both Martin and Roy, rightly or wrongly, felt that you know the guys they'd brought in to help out were more than capable of getting the message across that they wanted to get across in training, and they didn't have to be there um, every minute of every day. Whereas Paolo seems to think that he should be there every minute of every day. I mean, I, I heard a story. A couple of weeks back, that he's actually he's living in the bungalow actually yeah. at the Academy of Light because <laughs> he doesn't want to be away from the place. So yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I don't. That was the story I got told. What a what a what a brilliant reality TV program that would be. <laughs> Paolo De Canio yeah. living in a in a somebody uh, needs to make that happen. Somebody needs to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. I think with all his training staff as well, mm-hmm. like like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> but Gareth. Where, where, where's the line here when, because I mean, you know, think it's easy now to come out, you know, um, De Canio indirectly criticises Martin O'Neill, if you like, kind of, doesn't he? Mm. But, we, you know, regarding the fitness levels, as I've just, as we've just been talking about there, a lot of things come out in the press that he was, he was never really around and stuff, but that can't mask the fact away from how poor these players have been, mm. can it? Well, I think indirectly he's 
and appropriate word because he's, he's not having a go at O'Neill, he's having a go at the situation. And O'Neill was responsible for the situation by proxy, so if if he feels that, then you know that's the way it is. And Julio said quite the same um, when, he, when he came in at Villa. Um, but I think Di Canio generally... He's tr he's sort of he's trying to instill something new, isn't he? And it's it's going to take time to well, to, 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 to bear fruit. But that, yeah, Frankie, when when in the season did you lose faith in Martin O'Neill? If if you ever did, of course. I mean, I I never thought he would be sacked in the in the way that it all happened at all. Mm. I mean, so it surprised you at the time, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought we would be the kind of club who would have. Um, because it was it was a match made in heaven, wasn't it? But it, mm. it seemed to be, you know. And I just thought, you know, when's it, when's it, when's the wind going to change to a certain mm. extent? I know I thought we we you know we just must be down in our luck, but um, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a shock still to me when when mm -hmm. he when he went. Did but was there a point where you actually decided you want rid of him, or were you prepared to stick with him? I was prepared to stick with him. To be honest, mm -hmm. I mean, I think he would have kept us in the league. Mm -hmm. if I'm honest. Uh, I mean, in the, it's similar to the way I was feeling because you know I was I never campaigned. For him to be sacked, Gareth, did you? You didn't either. No, we, no. we 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 were saying, and hey, you know, stick with O'Neill, stick with O'Neill. But it's just for me, it seems like it's one of those things in hindsight where you think, just how fast the Canio changed. Now it hasn't been great under the Canio, but just the style of football, you thought, have we really just went to the stadium for that long and put up with that football for so long? And you kind of you were hypnotised in the fact you didn't realise it was happening, did you? In front of you? Yeah, you know, I mean, there was a. You know, it does get frustrating week and week out when you you see them seemingly sitting back for the first twenty minutes of every game, inviting pressure on ourselves. I, mm -hmm. I noticed that, and that was very frustrating. And O'Neill would always have a, you know, uh, habit of making a substitution with five minutes to go when really the substitution should have been made at half time or something a lot earlier in the game. Mm -hmm. And it was almost as he became stubborn and and. It was like clockwork. You could tell what he was going to yeah. do next. That's it. That's that one one summation I've always used, uh, Gary, is that there was a lack of a plan B with Martin O'Neill, wasn't it? It was his way. He set the players up when he came, un compared to under Bruce. You know, this is the way we're going to play. But he didn't change it, did he? He, he? it was very rigid and structured, wasn't it? No, I mean he had his way of playing, and I don't think anybody was going to change that, rightly or wrongly. Um, I think. I think it's right that you know the worst times where we did need a plan B or a plan C or even a plan D or E, mm -hmm. but it, we we always only stuck to plan A. Um, my my biggest problem was that while it worked for a certain time at Villa, and nobody can deny that, he kept the same style of play, but he didn't mm -hmm. have the same style of players. You yeah, know, that's it. McLean, mm -hmm. unfortunately for me. Has been a bit of a one-trick pony, mm -hmm. and now that everybody knows what the trick is, everybody's catching <laughs> yeah. catching on, and it's not working anymore. Whereas Johnson, a lot of skill, but he's never going to beat. He's you know he's never going to beat a man for pace. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of skill, and he can whip a ball in with just a couple of yards, but he's never going to beat a man for pace. Now, if you look at Villa, you know Agbon Lahore and even Young when he had him, they had pace to burn, and you can hit teams on the break like that. Mm -hmm. You can't hit teams on the break when you've got two lads who yeah. are not quick C enough to get behind Certainly the from as deep as we were. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that that's the thing, Gareth, as well, isn't it, about Adam Johnson? You know, mm. England international, and he was a player we all wanted, but as Gary's saying now, the way we played so deep, G a James McLean kind winger can be suited to that because mm. the engine he's got. Now, despite, you know, obviously, he's had a drop in form this season, but going judging off last season's, 
you would have thought he would have went like for like. I know um, McGeady got mentioned a lot. Mm. Would have been more logical. But do you think it was just a case that he, th- he saw that Adam Johnson was available? Because as Gary says, he's never going to get the ball from halfway and run and run and run. I think you'd definitely take Johnson, though. Like, it, oh, it, no Yeah, absolutely. Play, but what I mean it. is, if O'Neill isn't prepared to change his style of football, yeah. then he, you know, no matter how good Johnson is, he isn't the kind of player you should go for. But, but with O'Neill, you always thought that he kind of gave the impression afterwards that they weren't doing what he was telling them to do. Like he'd always say, "Oh, we need to, we need to push dick, out." Dick I, I'm, not t- I'm not telling. Yeah. I'm not telling them to sit that deep. It just happens, and all this kind of stuff. Mm. You know, that's where you know he just say <laughs> he, he needs a certain he, amount of quality on the pitch, yeah. don't you? You yeah. can't expect. Uh, I think Johnson did reasonably well at Manchester City because he was surrounded by brilliant yeah, players, yeah. you know. And he wasn't great week in week out for City, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lack of a good right back, I think, is one of the biggest problems at Sunderland, <laughs> and a big problem for Johnson because when you've got when he's got the ball at his feet, if he had a right back who would, you know, overlap, it really gives mm-hmm. the full backs yeah. on the opposing mm-hmm. team something to think about. And when you've got Bardsley or if it was Gardner, they'd just stay on the halfway line wanting it pulled back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's it's, it's so easy sorry. to defend. I think, against. I think that goes back to the point I was making earlier. Is he played that way and he didn't have the players to do it. He didn't have yeah. the full-backs either side, apart from, you know, it probably ideally suited Danny Rose, mm-hmm. but Danny Rose wasn't out playing. Yeah. And when Danny Rose wasn't there, you've got young oh, callbacks yeah. sitting in the left Best will in the world, your two centre midfielders playing full-backs, yeah. Gordon, they're not going to bomb on, they're mm-hmm. not going to overlap because they know the defensive duties, they know who's in front of them, McLean's going to lose the ball, Johnson could lose the ball. They know that once they're over... And that goes, then they've got all that behind them to mm-hmm. get back to deal with. So, and Bardsley's not an attacking fullback, never no. has been. So, no. he's still playing a system of hitting people on the break. Yet you've got two fullbacks that don't overlap, and you've got two wingers that don't attack yeah. down the line. It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah, but I think you, you, I think you know that could bring us on to a point to say, you're looking there. You've, you're talking about Gardner as a fullback. If Rose doesn't play, you're talking about Colback as a left back. Or moving Bardley over to left back, um, you're talking about wingers. You, you want no one to drop strikers. You know you get in the stage of the season where you've got two fit strikers to pick from, and that's that's an amazing deficiency for a team like like for a Premier League team like Sunderland to not have options. It's very thin, isn't it? It's, I mean, but that, they've had how, how long have they had but to correct to, these well, problems? To be fair, though, it's, it's not just Martin O'Neill. Is oh, it? absolutely we, not. We, need, no. we needed a left back when Steve Bruce was at we the club. We needed a left back when one, so. well, well, we needed one when Michael Gray left. I think <laughs> yeah, we, need, we, yeah. we needed and, one. And we never. I mean, we got we had. I mean, George McCartney played there, but you know, in my opinion, I like Dargaard left back. I, I thought mean, he was a much better left back than a left winger. To be fair, I think with with I mean. McCartney, I mean, rebuying George McCartney for six million pounds. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, Quinn, eight million. Quinn paid for Clive Clark and threw McCartney in on the deal, didn't he? Was that right? No, he bought when we we got when Clark, we sold we yeah. got Clark and we we sold. Did um, we sell McCartney? And we sold McCartney, sold McCartney, and then when we we bought McCartney back when Keane took over, <laughs> but I mean, went to so that's it. Did okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah he, he had, he's had, he had he his limitations, but he got. I mean, he got player of the season, didn't he? But Bardsley got player of the season one year as well. well. The, the, the mm. thing is with Collins, that Collins 
did it in a system where we didn't need our fullbacks to bomb on. Yeah. So yet again, you had a you said you had a centre off playing fullback who mm-hmm. all he had to do was defend. Mm-hmm. We weren't asking him to overlap and get past the man. This all links to my biggest criticism of O'Neill in the fact that he didn't he never had the right centre midfielders at the club and he never tried because we're talking about fullbacks overlapping. We're talking about wingers getting the ball too deep. That can all be built around the core of your centre midfielders predominantly. And was it a case of, ah, I've got this theory that because O'Neill came, he won seven of his first nine games, that you know the, the players have fooled him a little bit. And he thought, I don't need a centre midfielder because people were playing well. When in fact, when, when they've plateaued the level, then you know it isn't good. And, and he, lot, he tried to address it within die in January. Mm, but too I, think a lot, well, I think a lot of it's to do with money as well. He mm-hmm. spent a lot of money on Fletcher and he spent a lot of money on Johnson and mm-hmm. I'm not sure there was a great deal left mm-hmm. in the coffers. You know, I, I think this summer people could be surprised. I think uh, everybody's expecting a lot of money coming in this mm-hmm. summer because of uh, the money that's in the Premier League. But mm-hmm. I honestly think that we'll be getting a lot of free transfers and they'll be looking at using a lot of that money to pay off debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the squad's so thin as well, we need to bring in as many players as we can so I think there will be a lot of wheeling and dealing I don't think there's going to be that one no. big sensational sign and, and no. I don't think that's the answer either mm-hmm. no being down that route but before we get on to Canyon now um, just finishing on O'Neill Michael did, did, did you lose patience with him at any point or were you with him no I mean there were some annoying games you know that Norwich game <laughs> when they were, that's the, the one that a lot of people sort of start was, turning wasn't it it's difficult to watch but I think you've got to we're, we're picked our man we wanted him for years and you've got to show a little bit of faith in people you know he's he's a human mm. <laughs> at the mm. end of the day and it was so disappointing I think for everyone it didn't work out you know we we're singing mm. his name right up until yeah the very end and yeah oh, there was no, there was no pressure from the fans was there at all yeah. uh, collectively anyway you know, yeah. generally you get the odd little murmurs of discontent yeah, I, I think which... it was the way we went even some of the games were won I remember when we were Wigan away and we won 3-2 and mm-hmm. just, just in the end yeah, that's, that's it it was mm. just you know we, we sat back for mm. all that the West match Ham game the draw away yeah. when we went to score an early goal and they just battered us for yeah. like 80 and odd minutes and the Southampton away as well although we won yeah. you know it was just mm-hmm. sat Inviting. back and invited them on and it, it wasn't nice to watch you know and it's the thing Sunderland get a lot of criticism you know but we stayed up and Wigan mm. went down and they get nothing but plaudits, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and mm. they were appalling for most yeah. of the yeah. season, you know. And Very flattered to save Wigan, don't they? It's, yeah, it's bizarre, it's bizarre. Yeah. People think that keeping the hold of the football mm. for ages just guarantee, you know, mm. yeah. makes you a great team when it's not quite like that. The Canio calls it tippy-tappy football, doesn't he? You heard yeah. that one? Yeah, I Did think um, when you talk about O'Neill and like, I always say, like, it's like Chris, it's the Christmas present you always wanted, isn't it? That where you yeah, got. God O'Neill, brilliant! Can't it was I, just the best thing. I and remember then, coming out of that Blackburn game when Larson scored yeah. a free kick, and yeah. just thinking, "This is it! Yeah, you know, this is it! We've arrived! Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. the, the turning point for the club." We were know. rubbish in that game. <laughs> we were so bad, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. you, you see, so you look, you, you look at that, and almost the, the fury of the Decanio appointment almost clouded over the. It was just such a, it almost summed up O'Neill's spell at Sunderland, such a mm. damp squib, wasn't it? He'd, he'd gone and then he was like, he was on five lives saying he still, you know, still felt mm. he could have kept us up and all this, but I don't know, like, so Decanio said this, I don't know if you heard this quote from Decanio's tweet, I thought it was quite good, he said, Sunderland's like a present, no, he said, Sunderland's like a box, a present, and then you open the present and there's nothing in the box. <laughs> 
<laughs> he says, it's like the biggest gift you'll ever get, and you open it and there's nothing inside. And he says, what he wants to do is put the best present in the box. They should have, I mean, I'm not saying they should have fired him, but they should have fired him after the Norwich game and not the Man United mm, game. Yeah. Because he was on, you know, like you said, on, you know, on the radio and football thoughts and things, and they were saying, well, look, why, why do you sack us after who wins away yeah. at mm. uh, Man United? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't why you were sacked, you no. know, and that's kind of what it, they were saying. And then sort of Steve Bruce joined in and says, oh, well, they yeah, did he, the he same to me, you know. And, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, <laughs> come on, you know. Yeah. I, ironically, though, you say, you're right what you're saying. It was a crazy time a second because it was after the Man United game. It was more the fact that was after an international week. Yeah, we had two but, weeks. Yeah, mm. but, but, you know, in hindsight, not that I think this was deliberate, it's turned out that the timing was just right because yeah. those back-to-back wins we got kind of just nudged us over the it line that, a little bit, and then and then our levels dropped again at the end. And had he came too early, you know, we could have just started crashing back down again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was that first uh, game that we won under the Canio against again? Uh, can you remember? Yeah. <laughs> that was a weight of somebody, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> what what as a as a journalist Gary what were your initial reactions to the Canio coming in it's, it's a journalist's dream isn't it you, you know you're going to get quotes galore from him. I've interviewed him a few times for Sun FM and you know you you don't struggle for quotes do you no I mean he, he, he's one of these guys that you sort of listen to for hours you know and some of the quotes are fantastic I mean the copy virtually writes itself yeah, you well, know the, it. the headline is written for you because yeah. he's already cool at <laughs> that and the rest of the copy writes itself I mean as a journalist brilliant but as a, as a fan, I mean, I'm born and bred in Sunderland. I've always been a Sunderland fan. As a fan, I've got to admit, I was worried. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Fraggy, what what did you think when he came initially? I was um, very surprised at the appointment of Paolo Di Canio. Um, I thought it was. Uh, I I can see why the club have gone down the route of getting a motivational kind of mm-hmm. live wire, a head in coach, and as well rather than a yeah, manager. I can see why yeah. they've done that. Um, but you know, we you really can't see it lasting very long. I can't mm-hmm. see it lasting very long at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, ne- we're not going to have Alex Ferguson on our hands here by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Is he, I'm just waiting for the the time when he throws his keys <laughs> down on the bench and you know does one in his Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting for the big headline. A lot of people seem to be agreeing with that. Would you Would you go along with that, Michael, as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was it was bizarre from the coming at the club, and I'm sure it'll end bizarrely. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think that's Gareth one of the reasons why the clubs went down the mm. head coach director of football route because there's a lot less turbulence if your director of football leaves or your head coach leaves because it's that kind of integrated mm. together that's the idea anyway so you can put a big structure in place because I know you've been vocal about before saying the way Sunderland do things you know mm. the soccer manager he comes in brings his own players in and it's just a repeated process isn't it so well, this should eliminate yeah. in theory they're trying to eliminate that problem, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's about time. I just, for, you know, there's a number of things that need to change. I think I don't know if they will, but I think, like for example, from your under nines all the way to your first team, they should be playing the same formation all the way through. They should be buying certain types of players to fit into systems that they want to play and have an identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If you've got a player like a, a young lad in under nine's a bit young, yeah, but, speaking but as but a football no, coach, but no, but <laughs> do, 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 do you know what I mean? But if you, yeah. if you, so if you've got a reserve player, but does that not does that, that not stop you having the plan B that we talked? No, no, about? not if at all, because that's part of it. All the way through. No, you're not training the plan A. I'm just talking about mm-hmm. you, you're training the play. You know, so everyone's playing the way. Yeah. So if you've got central midfield, if you get two injuries in central midfield, then you feel a lot more confident going into 
the reserves and taking a central midfielder out of them, put him in your first team because he's going to know exactly what he's supposed to be doing. This sort of thing. It's, it's you know, Barcelona, I'm, I'm not comparing Sunderland to Barcelona, but that's what hmm. they do. Let's. And, you know. Yeah, but do you know, that's a, I mean, I heard that the, the other day, you know, and a guy, I can't remember who said it, made a brilliant point. You know, we're all now looking at the Champions League final coming up and we're all saying we need to play like Germans. We need to be like Germans. It was Spain now, a couple of years it, ago. Yeah. Spain a couple of years ago. <laughs> further back were Henri mm. and that. It was Claire Fontaine. We all had, and, and it's not that mm. long back since we all had to be Germans before again. It, you've got to find a way of playing with what you've got. Because mm-hmm. the best will in the world, he's not going to get shot to 13, 14. I don't think he'll get shot of 13, 14 players from there this season. So he's got to find a way of playing a system that suits them and gradually wheels. I mean, the biggest problem... O'Neill had, and probably a problem that Bruce had was the guy before brought so many players in, nobody else wanted them. So he can, you know, the best thing that Decanio's got going for him this summer is he doesn't have to worry about finding somebody to buy Titus Bramble. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to find somebody mm-hmm. to buy Matt Kilgallen. These guys are on so much money that nobody from the lower divisions is going to come in mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, by the way, we'll have you," because they're going to say, "No, thanks, mate. I've got another year on my contract at Sunderland, and I'm getting X." I'll come and see you when that runs out, and then I can get a signing on for you. So O'Neill, rightly or wrongly, couldn't ship these players. He couldn't get rid of Bramble, mm-hmm. couldn't bring another centre off in because we had to go out and get a guy on loan who then never played, yeah. which was ridiculous. Mm. And that's O'Neill's fault because he did the same with the Greek guy, Soterios. And you know, but you've got to find a way of playing with what you've got until, like you see, you can get a director of football. So that's the kind of player we want to fit into this system. At the minute, you're still going to have to find a way of putting Lawson in somewhere. You're going to have to find a way of putting a Bardsley in somewhere yeah. unless we get a, a, a right back. You're going to have to find a way of playing a system with a callback. No, I do I do agree with that, but what I'm saying is that when we're, t- we're talking about more, will De Canio last? And if we're saying probably not, then it wouldn't it be good to have a situation where somebody else mm-hmm. can come in, the right person, based on what we're trying to do, and come in and, and rather hit the ground running rather than trying to dismantle everything but, and build it all but again. Then, but then do you not get a situation where the only managers you can have, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, the only managers you can have is a guy who's going to come in and agree to what you're already doing. So do you miss out on a great manager because he says, oh, well, that's not the way I would do it. I don't want to... Mm. But the, want that to great, what I'm way. saying, but that great manager might not be the right person for your team, as we've seen with O'Neill. So, mm. but what I'm... but. That you know what you're saying there is, is a valid point, but you look at someone like Loudrup who went to Swansea in the summer, and maybe there's more forward-thinking managers but, out there who understand how that have to but fit think, into that. I think Swansea are a better team under Loudrup so than I. they were under Rodgers. Oh, so they I. play better football. But, they don't stick to no, what Rodgers. So do gave I. Them. But the 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 the, the ideology is the same. Mm-hmm. I think I think they've got more thrust, but the ideology is the, the, the same. The truth's in the middle of it somewhere. It's it's not quite as set out as what you're saying Gareth if like it, if, a, but it can't it, be like this is the only no, way no, but, I'm but saying, like but, I was saying but somebody who can adapt that a little bit but John, to suit John, their style without to, yeah. major changes I was listening to John on the subject of Swansea listen to John Harton about, talking about this and he, he, know, he knew that if, if, if Loudrup had gone into that meeting with the Swansea I don't, I don't know the Swansea chairman's name Hugh, so, Jenkins. Hugh Jenkins sorry okay so he'd gone into that meeting with him and said I'm going to come in I'm going to play four four two. he wouldn't have got the job he wouldn't have got the job. But then, do they miss do, if, what Loudrup's done for them this season? Do they miss out on that? Because Hugh, Je- I mean, what does Hugh Jenkins know about which way they but, should be playing football? It's obviously, but you know, I mean, it obviously you, it worked though, didn't it? <laughs> would, would you? I mean, would you want Ellis Short to turn around and say to the manager, "Now this is the kind of way I want you 
best will in the world. What Ellis well, Short knows about football is what he's learned since mm. he's been at Sunderland. I think that's another. Not. I think that's another benefit of the the director of football to to kind of be you know give Short a bit of advice, isn't it? The consultation role. How are you, Michael, with the old the whole um, director of football thing? I don't even know what it means. I've <laughs> never, I've never understood it. I don't know mm-hmm. what the. I think the, the the bottom line, the main point where Short's coming from is that you, how often do you hear managers come out in the summer and say, I'm spending all my time on the phone trying to yeah. chase this player down, trying to chase that player down. And I think Short would rather have the canny on the training field. He can sort of give a list to somebody. I mean, like we keep saying, every director of football has different levels of power at different clubs. I don't think he's going to have a great deal of power. I think the canny is just going to say, I want this kind of player, I want that kind of player. He'll come back with a shortlist. He'll say yes or no. That's reading between the lines. But, what, I, what I would hope, anyway. Do, does this guy stay on when De Canio goes? Because well, that's I'm, normally what happens, isn't it? Yeah. Well, my guess would be that, considering how it's going to work, or how we've been told it's going to work, and considering where the guy's from, and I mean, who recommended this guy to Ellis Short? I can't I say Ellis Short. I think, short knows, I think it's more Short who knows him than De Canio. Is he's, hmm. an, he's an agent. I know he's an agent, but I mean, he's but he's going to resign. He's going to. He was saying he's going to get rid of his license. He's got to. He's got to. Yeah. Like, so. Which I I didn't know because I I was thinking oh he's interested yeah. he's going to be a bit, but apparently he's got to turn his license in. But are people comfortable with that? A former agent in charge of all transfers, Con- considering that the Canyon. He's Messi's agent. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the best person to approach. Well, that's well, well that's what I'm thinking. That's because initially you think, oh, I'm not happy about an agent being in, or this this could go dodgy, backhanders or whatever, you know. But then you're thinking, well, actually, you know somebody who knows how to play the agent's game. He knows how to play them. He's not going to be held to ransom by people. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. He's going to know all the loopholes. He know what players want yeah. to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he know all the, he'll know all the financial loopholes I think the amount well. of quality players that have came into the Premier League and been sold between clubs in the past few years since Davin Bend left Sunderland, you know, really highlights the fact that we've we've got to get more savvy with signing quality players from overseas and maybe, you know... Maybe someone who can come in with that experience of Italian mm-hmm. football, you know, and you look at Michu and Ben Tech yeah. and even, you know, we could have had, I'm sure, Berbatov would have. We, we could have had Michu in the summer. Yeah. But he, he didn't want him. Turned yeah. him down. He looked at Morales. Bruce went to see Morales. Michu wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't have fit in O'Neill's system. Probably not. Probably. It's funny because we talked about Michu before, and like that's what, what we intimated that he probably wouldn't. But. Mm-hmm. 
He's a, he's a he's footballer. Great, he's a great player. Fantastic footballer. If, if O'Neill's going to play a certain yeah. way, then how good would Mitchell yeah. be? Yeah. But Mar- Mar- didn't stop signing Johnson. Bar for yeah. free. And then when, well, they messed that up, didn't they? And then we could have had him for seven million. Mm-hmm. He's not going to sign after he's been to Newcastle. And then we could have had CC. Mm-hmm. God, they'd, they'd, go, they'd go anywhere for an extra five grand a week and a mm-hmm. signing on fee. The, 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 you look at Remy, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what footballers are these days. Yeah. Gareth, Gareth made the point that an Italian's never played for Sunderland. I don't know if anyone was aware of that. Yeah, I, it, I was, I, we were trying I, to work out. Did, yeah. did she all had some? Yeah. He was English, but he was Italian. Yeah, yeah. Gabbiadini. Margot, yeah. yeah. We, did, we did actually, yeah. we actually signed a, a, a wonder kid, didn't mm. we, back in under Reedy? Oh, Santini. He, he never, never yeah, actually got a game. Yeah. I, I forgot remember, about him. I remember getting uh, <laughs> getting threatened with a, a with a ban from the club because uh, I did a nice little piece. That doesn't at, sound uh, like Sunderland. No, <laughs> I did a nice little piece at the time, saying that uh, he, uh, Tony Corton had been and picked him up from the airport and fetched him to a Sunderland game, and they wouldn't let him upstairs because he had jeans on. Really? And this is a guy that we did nipped under the nose apparently of uh, a couple mm. of Italian giants, and yeah. they couldn't get upstairs. I had to phone Bob Murray to. Get him let in because he had jeans. Well, we, we've had a few of them over the years as well. Nicholas Medina yeah, springs. Say, it's, yeah, not like, it's not like Peter Eater by one yeah. kid and then well, it, it, ruin his career, is it? I'm not sure. If it, I can't remember if it was a Danish kid, a um, left back that was supposed to be competition for Mitty Gray. Oh, Mark, was yes. it Merce? It wasn't Merce. No, no, no that was, he, was Turkish, H, and, well, he was Turkish. He was Dutch stroke Turkish when he merced yeah. Batty Merce. It was a uh, health. Helsingberg, Helsingberg yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He was another one that sort of. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Rory Tom Deegan. Pete, Tom Peters. Oh, hey, we've we've gotten Rory Deegan mm-hmm. from Arsenal. Carsten Fredgaard was in the one. They called him Lightning, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Milton New. I tell you what, I actually I went I, I went on Fredgaard's. <laughs> somebody pointed out uh, to go on Carsten Fredgaard's Wikipedia page, so I look on that. That's quite amusing because he's either edited it or one of his friends edited it because it's it's saying it just goes on about how much he got a raw deal at Sunderland. And even though he played well in one certain game, he got sacked, and then he done really well at this club and really well at that club. He probably did get a raw deal, or like, and he'd never really got a game that he played against Chelsea, but, didn't yeah, but, he? And then... yeah, but sometimes, yeah, but it, if you're it, tra- watch in training, sometimes if it's so far behind, you know, we the, don't see the, that. Do the, the, the coach's nickname for him yeah. was Chocolate Fireguard, yeah. so that, that, that mm. tells you what they thought of him. We had that Dutch goalie as well. At the who went on and played in the like Champions yeah. League this when we sold him and mm-hmm. well we've got look when Ely got sold up up didn't we? well he went on to do very well in Yondal Thomason right at the end of that season we got yeah. Chris Waddle instead so yeah mm-hmm. but uh, there was, there was a certain, was a certain good. he was good for us there was a certain yeah, kid yeah. that uh, Peter Reid had on trial and asked him to come back for another trial and he he, he refused and we missed out on him so. Um, most people want to slap on every room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And we're not quite sure if you're going to make it soon. Can yeah. you come back for another trap? I mean, doesn't that just sum it all mm. up? It's quite depressing, really, isn't it? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure every club's yeah. got, got stories like this, of course. But it's quite depressing. Those that should not be uh, named up the road, uh, they, they had a chance to sign uh, mm-hmm. Shearer for nothing, and uh, Jack Charlton put him in goal. <laughs> so it, it, it's not just yeah. us, mm-hmm. Gary. If we get onto the back onto the Canio signings, uh, obviously we don't know who he's going to sign. But because he's came out and been so vocal, you know, saying that the, the players aren't good enough, they aren't up to scratch. How much pressure does that put on the signings he makes to go out and be a lot better than what we've got? Well, there's going to be pressure, whatever, isn't there? Every everybody 
you know, the, the guy in the stands is going to expect, oh, De Canio knows what he's talking about, he knows what he wants. These guys are going to have to hit the ground running, aren't they? I mean, especially if he's talking about making wholesale changes. It's not as if you can bed one or two in. If he's bringing in six, he wants six or seven, apparently. Mm -hmm. If you fit them in into a side, then they've got to be ready for the start of the season. Because mm -hmm. if you're playing seven straight off, then you can't be carrying any passengers. One yeah. or two, maybe he's get away with, but six or seven... You, You've got no choice. They're going to have to hit the ground running, or they're mm -hmm. going to be found wanting. I know you. I read your piece of the day, Gary, and, um, concerned about the levels of criticism um, coming from the Canio, uh, and it's you know it's this expression is a management by hand grenade, everybody's saying. But I just want to know what people think. You know, if, if you look, you know, to, to keep in the metaphor beyond that smoke, how much is, is he actually saying? Because he there's only Phil Bardsley who's actually been named, who, you know, the press know is one of the players for a fact, or the one who was getting named as a player. But is he not clever in a way that he's, he's, he's picking a player he knows the fans won't care about losing? Yeah, and, right. and he's also not naming players. He's saying they fine players, but he isn't naming them. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I, I, upset a, I upset a lot of Sunderland fans with me column this week. I mean, I've been called a Newcastle fan and all sorts, you know. <laughs> just, really really, that, really upset them. But... Um, no, I, I mean, the point I was trying to make was that um, it's all right to do it now. I'm not saying he's wrong to do it with Bards. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Bards needed to kick mm -hmm. him the backside after what he's done, and, you know, mm -hmm. fair enough. And the point I was trying to make was he can't keep going on doing it. Yeah. You know, it's to want to use a, a better he, metaphor, you know, if you, hit a, if you hit a donkey with a stick too many times and eventually it's not going to move, it's mm -hmm. just going to stand there until you break the stick mm -hmm. or until you break the donkey. And... You know, telling these guys they're not fit enough, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Telling Conor Wickham he thinks he's Brad Pitt and needs a slap, fair enough. Telling Barsley he's out of order, fair enough. And then mm -hmm. telling that they're not good enough and alluding to the fact that he needs to bring more quality, and that's fair enough. But if it continues to... You know, the point I was trying to get across was it's got to calm down over the summer. Mm -hmm. Unless he's getting rid of all of these guys and bring you... He's still got to work with those guys. You can't guys. do it in a progressive you, you season. Can't, you can can't you keep battering them and battering mean, yeah. them and battering Let's be honest, these guys have been pampered for years and years and years and got away with murder. Mm -hmm. And we know they have, but they can get away with murder somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if he just says, all right, you're going to batter you, batter you, batter you, right, thanks very much, mate, I'll get an extra five grand on, and then you've got to go find someone else. And you can't keep doing that week in, week out, you know? Mm -hmm. It loses its impact. If he comes out when Barzi's done what he's done and has a good Barzi, brilliant. That's what the fans want to hear. It needed seeing. But if he comes out next week and says, oh, this one's done that, and he comes out next week and says, it loses its impact. If every week you're just hearing, oh, he's done that, he's done that, that's mm -hmm. not good enough. Mm -hmm. It loses its impact. It's, it's, it's got a shelf life, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It, it, it can only happen so many times before people go, oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. But then the players will lose discipline for that as well, won't they? Yeah, you've got to motivate these players. You know, rightly or wrongly, these players are being pampered and they're on God knows how much money and somebody makes sure they pick a school out for the kids when they sign up at the club, somebody finds them a house. You know, they're literally drip-fed, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody finds them a car, somebody you know, somebody takes the car to get washed for them and mm -hmm. validated for them. They don't have to you'd, do you'd anything. Like, you'd like to hope that, you know, the story about the one player who just left training without saying anything and turned his phone off, you'd like to hope that wasn't standard because that, you know... Anybody in a regular job will get will get sucked for that. But frankly, Michael, you're in a you know employment industry that isn't sort of the norm. Mm -hmm. So, what was your thoughts on the Bardsley thing, the the photograph? Disgusting. Yeah, I thought to be honest, I'm, I, it was funny you should mention because 
bef- after the game when he scored um was it Southampton when he got you know yeah. and we were, we were we were we were like actually sent him a message on Instagram cuz he like saying you know <laughs> who do you think cuz he ran over at the crowd yeah. with his hands behind his ears I, I, I was I, I was furious after that like why did he do that was that had someone been like had someone criticized him in the crowd <laughs> or something but his, his pictures on his Instagram are literally of his like his Rolex watch while he's on a beach with his girlfriend in a bikini in Hawaii and he's like mm-hmm. posting that there because he knows he's going to be followed by Sunderland supporters who yeah. are at work yeah. going home in the rain, I just think. It's not the same as you guys doing something like that, is it? Well, because, because we live he's, like he's... Mahatma Gandhi, us <laughs> two, so, you know, we, we haven't got more like watches and girlfriends with bikinis and that, like, you know, but it, it, it's shocking that it, it's coming from such an average player yeah. in an under performing mm-hmm. team who's got a Rolex watching a holiday and, and, Hawaii, and yeah, Sunderland so does that, that mean the next album cover there's not going to be a picture of you lads lying on the floor covered in a load of notes with Rolexes no, on each arm us in bikinis <laughs> <laughs> but as you say I mean you've got to think about the fact I was saying to Gareth yesterday we were having a discussion about um, Liam Ridgewell there was a picture of him released you know wiping his backside on notes and stuff now Personally, I defended him a little bit on that because that was supposed to be a private photo to his friends. Now, I don't see a lot wrong with that. You know, if he if he's doing that as a private joke to his friend, he can make a joke. You know, oh, I'm so rich, I do this, I do that, and the photos leaked out. But Bardsley's done it in a public place. It yeah. just changes the whole thing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Gary, again, you know, as a written journalist, I bet you're rubbing your hands together when this when this picture got out. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Unlike a lot of people in my profession, uh, I don't take a great deal of joy in see, seeing people uh, get caught with their trousers down, as it were. Um, I'm here to talk about football, I'm here to talk about cricket, any kind of sport. I mean, unfortunately, those sort of things come with the territory when somebody makes an absolute clown of themselves, you've got to go and report on it. Um, but I think his excuse was that he was tweeting his agent to see he'd won all this oh, money and he was God, giving it to charity, but I mean... Uh, he denied how, it, he denied it was him first. Yeah, yeah, how thick do they think we are? Yeah, yeah that's it. You're, you're, two o'clock in the morning, that's going to instantly go through your mind, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Pull he, he, on. his other excuse was, well, I wasn't drunk. That's even worse if you... You know, at least <laughs> if he was palatic and doing it. Like, fair enough, you know, and, and you wake up the next morning, it's like, oh, what did I do last night? But it's like, you weren't even drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. As for the Ridgewell thing, I think... I, I could be wrong here, but I think we had a, a player a few years back, the old uh, white rapper, uh, Sean Thornton. Yeah. I think his, his party trick was setting light the... Setting light to five as well. He was buying mm. bottles of champagne. And I came that. across Not him. Well, it I came across him on the town a few times. Not a very nice person. No. Um, haven't got long now, so we'll try and move on to you know sum the season up in, in in the shape of like you know kind of like an award ceremony, so to speak. <laughs> what what if I go around your wall, I can tell you and you can tell me who your player of the season was and I'm going to bar Simon Migginley from this because he's the obvious one. Try and think of another one. Who would you say, Gareth? Rose. Rose? I should have said Everybody's going to go for Danny Rose yeah. now, aren't they? Everybody agreeing with that or somebody got somebody different? I'll go for O'Shea because he was mm-hmm. getting a hard time. No, I, I, I agree with I, you. I, I don't think he season. should. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's, 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 he's kept it together yeah. for a lot of times. You know those those games when it was backs against the wall I think he was the one who mm. really mm-hmm. 
I think he needs he needs a young centre half alongside yeah, him, doesn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. Somebody to cut somebody yeah. to cover his running. to cover his lost ground, yeah, exactly. Somebody to be his, his legs. He can be the brains. He needs somebody to be his yeah. legs, doesn't he? But, you, well Decanio praised O'Shea quite heavily today. I think he said uh, out of it like he's always the first one out on the training pitch. He's always the first one talking. You can tell, you know. He leads by example. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I was gonna say well he'll have learnt that where he, where he yeah. was, but then again, Phil Barsley was there, and so was Kieran well, Richardson. Well, maybe that's why so. he got, like, got shot at him when he was 22. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Kieran Richardson used to get called Lord Snooty, apparently, because of his attitude at Man United. So, <laughs> did yeah. He, did, he, did he was one that Kane had actually criticised when he was Yeah, when he listed all of young players. And then yeah. it was kind of when Kane came to the club, it was like, well, you've got one of them now. <laughs> you know, And he was the one who says he's, he's not good enough. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. If I was going to say to people what was a highlight of the season, the games, is anybody going to say anything other than the Newcastle game? <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> but um, I'm just oh, interested. Man City was great. Though, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just interested in who, what kind of players people would sign because we're just saying there, we need a centre half, somebody to wash shares running for them. Um, but you can't go down the British route. Because you know, that would cost a fortune, wouldn't it? An absolute fortune. We we can't afford to do it. We've been down that route, so it's hard to ask people. You know, what centre half we should sign, unless you really know the foreign market, which I'll be honest, I don't. Um, I know we've been linked with a couple of players. Do you know anything about them, Gary? The players we've been linked with? Um, well, I think they're both French players. Um, I think the the, the guy Roberge will have to excuse me yeah. pronunciation. Uh, mm-hmm. I only did JCSA French, <laughs> and that was a very long time ago. Well. Um, He's been playing out in Portugal, apparently played against Newcastle in the Europa League this season for Maritimo. Again, he's a guy on a free. And the the other one they were linked with was uh, a guy called Madibo Diakite, mm-hmm. who's a, um, a French player, but yeah. uh, he's at, uh, at Lazio. Mm-hmm. Another free transfer yet again. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they've been linked with a, a, a winger or two, mm-hmm. um, a guy from Portugal, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the rumour I heard was that Roberge has actually been over and, mm-hmm. and sport the club. And, yeah. and, uh, I've heard it's pretty close, that so one, yeah. I don't think it'd be too long before the, that one's done. The young French lad. It's funny you should mention that, because years and years ago... The Mencellas, that's Italian. Years and years ago, when I first started doing this job, uh, my first patch wasn't covering Sunderland, unfortunately. It was covering Middlesbrough. And uh, they brought a guy over from uh, Rome, and showed him around uh, Middlesbrough, and it was he was straight back on the next. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they could have showed him the North Yorkshire deals yeah, and yeah. all sorts, but yeah. no, let's show him around Middlesbrough. When Janino went bit... to Middlesbrough, he signed for them because it reminded him of home, like <laughs> some Brazilian slum somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he says it's like those slums. That's why he says it was like all the factories and things reminded him of where. You always wonder what route the the drive potential signings on, don't you, at the stadium? Because yeah. you think a... you don't want to drive up the <laughs> straight past the stadium. You think you got to plan. On the roof they should take them to or something, yeah. shouldn't they? Yeah. Tell them this is, yeah. this yeah. is it. This is properly manner that's on the market. <laughs> but talking about, <laughs> talk about potential signings, and, and I've just said domestic tends to cost a lot, but I'd like to know what people think about Tom Huddleston as a possibility yeah, because I know he, he's played a lot for Tottenham this season, but they were, they were going to get rid of him at Stoke last year. I think he failed a medical. Mm. So, Talking about if you're going to overpay for anybody or not overpay but pay money, a centre midfielder for me will be important. He's got the range of passing 
that yeah. could suit Johnson down to a ground. The trouble with that is you probably overpay for Huddleston. I think we all know mm-hmm. what Levy's like. I mean, the, the guy tried to get £11 million for Alan Hunton. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I don't suppose if we wanted Rose that we'd get him on the I cheap either, you know. I'm not very hopeful for that no, one. I don't think no, I don't think it'll come off. I think a guy would love to come back if he's not going to play in Spurs, but uh, Spurs might be looking for left-back. So, mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of Huddleston, great pass for the ball, and it's certainly... We need a playmaker. We've needed a playmaker for, you know, donkey's years. Mm-hmm. But um, he's got the range of passing, hasn't he? He, he hasn't. Has. He hasn't got the best mobility. I know that a lot of the Tottenham fans, you know, um, kind of complain about that. But Tottenham are a lot faster than Sunderland. They move yeah, the ball a lot well, quicker. It, but it wouldn't be as much as a problem. No, it, it's a bit like what you say. Well, she, you probably let him do the, the the donkey work as it were, and let somebody else be his legs. You know, let him go and win it. I mean, the only thing I'd say, well, she is, don't let him pass it out from the back because his mm. distribution's absolutely diabolical. Yeah. His defender might be great, but his mm-hmm. distribution, you know, he couldn't pass water. I know. It makes you surprised he played full-back for Man U mm. as often as he did. But you're, surra- you're surrounded by good people like Scholes dropping just, back, asking for yeah, the ball. Just give it a bit to and let yeah, you go, exactly. <laughs> Gareth, have you got any, any sign-ins you think you, you would like realistically like us um, to see? Huddleston's a good shout. I like Huddleston. Um I like Coney at Wigan. Mm. I think he'd be a good signing. He'll be up raw for signing people from relegated yeah, clubs again because people have got issue with that, haven't they? they but he had a very good season. Yeah. Oh, they definitely. I, I like, like James. I like McCarthy as well at Wigan. He's a good player. Yeah. As well. What's that one Yama like at Celtic? Isn't he like available in the summer? Expensive he'll be. Because they want a lot of money. It's the Champions League bandwagon, isn't it? I think people have seen him play there, and I think you know that's that's his price tag up straight away, isn't it? But managers often seem to look at clubs they sort of have been at and things like that, don't mm-hmm. they? And you know, so yeah. it could be someone at Celtic who's, who's at Lazio, Lovicson, I think, yeah. <laughs> plays for them and mm-hmm. see, just CC is up front for them. Anyway, we'll get that. I think the telling thing it's is for hard. me that everyone we have been linked with so far uh, is on a free transfer. Mm. That's a great deal for me. So, so you don't um, even you don't even think there's one marquee signing in the summer? It may be. I mean, he, he may have a couple of million to spend. You know. But I honestly think that a lot of... I mean, all the tips we've heard and all the links we've been given mm-hmm. are all free transfers, and I think that sort of points you in the direction they're trying to look at. Apparently, they're trying to go down the same model as Newcastle have used, and they haven't spent anything. Finish one maybe. place above us. <laughs> well, exactly. That, that's a ridiculous thing. Yeah. They're the holding Newcastle out there as a shining example after... One good season where they finished fifth, and yet they finished just above us. Yet we're going to go down the same road as mm-hmm. they used. I think Catamol back will be his. Yeah. Like you know, if he, and if him and if Wes Brown as well, I don't know what he's going to be like. But if if those two could play 25, 30 games next season, it could be a different team. And I'm not sure we'll ever see. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I'm not sure I'll ever see Wes Brown play 20 odd games. Yeah, yeah. he's been a massive miss. I know what you say. You're right. I'd love be lovely to have him. It would have changed but, this yeah. season, wouldn't it? Yeah. What, mm-hmm. a, what about this lad uh, playing out in France? Is he playing for Le Havre or Nancy or something? The, oh, uh, Bar or something. El Haji Bar. Bar, yeah. It's a weird one because there's a, there's, a, um, there's a thing on um, on Twitter, this Get yeah. French or Get France football. Yeah. 
who've come to agreement with him in the last couple of weeks not to discuss his future. Now, he was the guy that was yeah. out there saying, oh, yeah, I'll be coming, and, and, and all of a sudden it's gone all quiet. And mm. I, don't know, mm. I don't know what's happening on he that did front. Say, He did confirm in a, in a tweet that he was going to sign for Sunderland. He did, and, and, then, then, deleted and then deleted it. And then deleted it, and now yeah. apparently you have that Get France Football on Twitter have said they've agreed with him not to discuss his future over the summer until it's mm-hmm. decided, so well, it's a strange one. Well, as we go out, we haven't got a... A match to predict, so I'm trying to think of some sort of predictions of people. Uh, I, suppose, I was going to say position next position next season, position next season, and do we think De Canio will last the full season? <laughs> so I'll get one off everybody. Gareth, I'll let you start as always. Um, I think De Canio will last the season, and I think it'll definitely be a, a transitional season, and mm-hmm. I think we'll probably struggle in the bottom half of the table again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll stay up. I think we'll stay up. Yeah. Um, but it's. I think it'll be tough, uh, and but I'm I'm confident that he can that we're on the right path now to changing changing things. So, Gary, um, I'll go for just below the top half. Ever the eternal optimist, and I hope he's there all season. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that not sitting out. on the fence, Michael. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll be there. I think he'll stay. I think because he, you know. Who, who will have him if it, if this doesn't work out? Mm. And um, he's not. He knows that, and we'll finish somewhere between sixth and seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, yeah, I think you know I'm quite optimistic with with, with De Canio's approach. I think he's, he's a, he'll get them up for the big mm-hmm. games. You said earlier though you didn't think he would last. You didn't no, think no, uh, you know you don't know what's around the corner with him. But I think you know on a on a match day and during the match he, he could make changes or decisions. Mm-hmm. And mo- motivate the players to to really. I think we're going to see a lot better football next season. We'll stay up, okay. There's going to be a lot more entertaining. I think we'll stay up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm glad everybody's so optimistic. I'm 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 worried sick about it. If I'm being honest, like, but you know, hopefully that's going to have the opposite effect because the last two seasons I've been really confident going into a season and we've been rotten. So I'm gonna um I'm gonna go out on that. We are gonna go out. I'm gonna play the lads' new song, well, Frank in the Harstrings. Well, I'm gonna song. do the thing or the other things. Well, I don't know. Frank- go on, then. I'll let you do it, Gareth. Yeah. You, you take centre stage. Don't worry about Frankie Nasring's song. Go on. This is what everyone switches Don't worry off. about our guests. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that at the Come end. on, then. Come on, then. No. Um, yeah, so, well, first, you just want to thank everyone who's been on the podcast this season. Um, and could have played it underneath this it. bit, you know, yeah, like yeah, how they do on, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Five Live or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's not that pro, you know. Not good enough at this level. No. But, yeah, just, yeah, thanks to everyone who's come on the phone, come into the studio. Um, and listened. And listened, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But without the people who didn't come in and do it, there wouldn't be a podcast. Um, and we'll be back for a, a few times in the summer, I would have thought, um, to do some pre-season ones. And uh, we've got some something interesting lined up for the start of next season, I think. Can we talk about that now? You, mention can, it. you can mention yeah. it if you want. Yeah, yeah so um, the plan is what we'd like to do is uh, basically a live podcast. Um, we're going to rent a room at a pub, which we think we've decided on, but we've just got to bug it. And it's going to basically be question time, but football. So it's not going to be nice. like a... Which pub? I'm not, I can't, I can't oh, announce oh, that now. Oh, but yeah, um, I think we're going to rent a room in a pub and we're going to do that. We'll, we'll record it. Um, Martin can, Smith's put his name down yeah, for it already. Yeah, people can submit questions, so we'll do like the podcast oh, live. First, sorry. Have we got a bleep machine? Yeah. If it's in a booze. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're going to sell. So we're going to sell tickets for a normal price to cover costs. Um, and so yeah, it'll be in in a pub on an evening. We'll we'll film. We'll do two halves. First half will be the normal podcast. Second half, people can submit questions of their own for point of discussion. So basically, it'll be 
it won't be average after dinner speaker type pie and pee event. It'll be, you know, just lots of people who want to talk about football getting together and talking about football and, you know, just a big okay. discussion. Good stuff. Right, Frank, you're Michael. Do one of you want to talk us quickly through your single? You can download the single now, can't you? And your album details, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, single's out now. Uh, it's called Nothing Our Way. And the album drops on the 3rd of June. It's called uh, The Days Run Away. And uh, you can buy that from our record shop yeah. that we're actually opening up in town centre on the 1st of June. Um, in a time when all record shops are closing down, we've decided <laughs> to open one mm-hmm. in the yeah. town centre. So yeah. pop down, we're going to be working in there every day. And there's going to be loads of free in-store gigs. We've got everyone from Bernard Butler, Edwin Collins, Martin Stevenson, the Dainties, the Future Heads, all playing free gigs. Us. Us, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the 3rd of June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're doing. Should be spoke of in the same breath as Sergeant Pepper. Not my words, though, the words of Drowning Sound. Drowning Sound. It's got a nice review of them. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and this is Nothing Our Way. So for this season, over and out.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 